This is Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston, your weekly dose of positivity with awesome stories and guests from all over the world. It's an opportunity to learn some great new things and expand your mind. We'll tackle topics from all areas of life, and as always with Sandy, the sky's the limit. Hello, hello, my let's keep it real people. And this is going to be a fun, exciting segment. I can't wait. Everybody has dreams, right? Well, my special guest, I actually sought her out because I thought, ooh, this would be fun. Because not only can she tell us about her dreams, and she's a dream therapist, but she also is a joy specialist, and you know how much I love that. So before we get started there, let me tell you a little bit about her. And hopefully I say her name correctly because I'm not good at this, but let's try it. Sidia Gover is the author of The Mindful Way to a Good Night's Sleep. And joy in every moment, she is a writer, educator, and certified dream therapist and the director of the Institute for Dream Studies. Woohoo! Gover teaches about dreams, mindfulness, and writing at retreats and conferences internationally and online. She wants to help you wake up to the meaning and joy in your life. Oh, I love that. Welcome. I'm so happy you're here. Oh, I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for having me. So I like to start out with one big question. And then we'll get to know you. Does that sound cool? Oh, that sounds great. I'm in. All right. So please ask Miss Gover. I keep having the same reoccurring dream that I'm jumping off a building. What does it mean? Okay, great. So having a dream about jumping off a building. The first thing I need to say is there's no one size fits all um, when it comes to dream interpretation because yeah. each dream comes to an individual and it comes based on our individual associations, memories, and what's going on in our life today. So all okay. I can do is say, and I can play with it from the point of view as if it were my dream yeah, And then maybe whoever had this dream, um, and I'm sure many have, it sounds like a dream that yeah. is not You're unique falling. to one person. You're falling. Exactly. Yeah. Falling off a building, falling from a fence or whatever it is. So if I have a dream that I'm falling from a tall building, I'm thinking, is there a place in my life? I always look for the metaphorical meaning. Is there a place in my life where I've gotten to some high level? Maybe I've achieved something. I've gained some stature or status. And now either I feel like I need more grounding, I need to get back grounded quick, or do I feel like I'm somehow off balance being toppled from a high place, you know, and Oh, cool. And falling, I get it. Yeah. But I like what you said at the beginning, Sidia, that – it, your dream, it's not like, it's like fitness, you know, I related to working out. Mm. There's similarities in what you should do, but there's not one size fit all. It depends on you, your mind, your life, and what's going on with you. So you, somebody else having the same dream, it might not have the same meaning. 
That's exactly right. And that's why ah. it's, it's so much fun to work with them because I, I really would rather say play with them because it's, it's tailor-made for us. It's our dream. It's like an individualized gift that comes to us in the night and we get to unwrap it. You know, we get to dive into it and find out what's in there for us. Yeah, well, years ago, I don't, it, wasn't, it hasn't been recently, I had someone else on and she also interpreted dreams and was a dream therapist. And I think everybody comes at it from a different angle, but I don't know if this is how you believe or it's true, and I might be getting it wrong, but she was saying that just because if you have a really scary dream, that doesn't mean, oh, I'm going to wake up and that's reality. There's other things going on. Like it's a metaphor. It's not like that's going to happen to you. Yeah, that's exactly right. So most of the time, dreams are speaking to us in symbols and metaphors. Okay. Now, occasionally dreams do come true and people have to pay attention to their own dreams and discern the difference. Okay. But most of the time, most dreams are speaking to us in metaphor. Mm -hmm. And then if you do have a scary dream, for example, that someone you love is in danger or dies, first approach it on the metaphorical level. That's most probably what's going on. And remember that death in a dream usually means the death of a belief system a habitual pattern or a way of life. It's not usually literal. So, yeah, yeah. That's what I heard too. Yeah. So like, don't freak out. Exactly. You know, it's something going on that, you know, like you said, it's some kind of belief that you're having and that it might be scaring you, right? Yeah. And it's very scary when an old belief system topples, you know, I mean, it is scary. It is like a death that's how the ego experiences it. The ego experiences mm -hmm. it as a kind of death. And that's why it comes out as a really scary dream. Gotcha. All right. So that was question one. We hit you hard right in there in yeah. the beginning. But I always ask my guest, um, you know, for tips, in, which I got from you that we're going to deliver. But people also, when I know who's coming on, I ask them, what questions do you want to ask? And so throughout that, we'll scamper some of those in. Which I feel is like most people have certain types of dreams, right? There's ones that you hear more than others. Yes. Is that correct? That's yeah. absolutely true. So what got you into this? Well, that's a great question. You know, my dreams got me into it. Ever since I was a girl, I had memorable dreams. Oh. And they interested me, even though they were often scary I still felt like every night I was going to, you know, like a multiplex, you know, movie theater. And oh my goodness. I didn't know what movie I was going to see. You know, I could be going to see something funny or something scary. I had no idea. Yeah. So as yeah. a kid, I just, I, I liked going to sleep because of that. And then. Really? Yeah. I, it was like an adventure every night. Okay. Starting at what age? I started talking about my dreams when I was probably about four or five. Okay. Because that's one of my early memories. And then when I was a young adult, you know, um, I didn't have one of those storybook childhoods. I haven't met anybody yet who has. You know, I had a, a tricky childhood, yeah. um, a lot of scary stuff in our house. And 
when I, for a kid, and when I got to be college age, I actually went to therapy, and my therapist, when I said to her one day, you know, I had this dream, could I tell you? And she perked up and, yes, tell me. And we worked with dreams together. And I learned so much. I got so much healing from working on my dreams with this therapist that Ah. ever since then, I've had a few careers, but ever since then, I've sort of been wanting to share a lot of this knowledge and um and just beauty and healing potential dreams with other people. And then, you know, several years ago, probably it was about 2008, my world kind of imploded. You know, my relationship of 18 years ended. My daughter went off to college. I lost my Mm. job. And there was a big crater in the middle of my life. And I thought to myself, well, here's one of those moments, and there have been more than one in my life, where I could either just sink into despair or I can fill this crater up with something that I've always wanted to do. And that's when I went, you know, all the way in. I got, uh, I did a two-year certification in dream studies. And I started attending conferences and reading. And I got trained to work with people in their dreams. You know, so it's another one of those stories that you first started out with seeing the need for yourself. Mm-hmm. And... That's what piqued your curiosity and how much it helped you that you wanted to share it with others. That's exactly right. You know, it's funny. We, we, I didn't have like that ideal childhood. You said you've never met someone that has. Is that what you said? Absolutely. I think it's a myth. I think it's like Bigfoot or something. Well, let me tell you something. This is what I want to say. So mine definitely was far from, you know, ideal. But And I don't think anyone has an ideal. But I've met a lot of people that said their childhood is freaking awesome and they had the best childhood ever. Isn't that crazy? Uh, you know, that's wonderful. God bless them. <laughs> <laughs> Even like I'm living with one, my husband. It's like, we, you know, we called it Pleasantville. Like, like he, they just had the most, but that doesn't mean they didn't have stuff. You know right. what I mean? Everyone right. has Everybody stuff. has stuff. Everybody. Everyone's, I don't care how awesome your parents are and the siblings and your school, everyone has their stuff no matter what. I think you know? that's true. And I think there's a lot uh, There's a lot that has to do with attitude. Mm-hmm. And there's also something to the fact that eventually something's going to cross your path. You know, right. eventually you're going to lose someone or something's not going to go the way you expect it and it's going to be hard. So in a certain sense, a a difficult childhood is a gift in that regard because we really do build up our strength and resilience at an early age. Mm -hmm. I'm always looking for that silver lining, but it really is true. The silver lining, there you go. It really is true. Yeah. All right, so but you've combined this, you know, I was because by the way, the way I first found you is about the joy, the joy in every moment. So... You, you combine both of them? I mean, is that the biggest thing? Like, is it the dreams or were they two separate things that collided? They're, they intersect in, they intersect deep within me and they actually intersect deep within all of us. And I'll try to give you a very simple summary of how that works. Okay. Um, so in a lot of different belief systems and philosophies, 
um, each person consists of, you can always picture it as concentric circles, like a picture of a target. And we have layers. So the outer layer obviously is physical. And different belief systems categorize it a little different, but it goes more or less like this. Our physical self, our energetic self, our psycho-emotional self. And then underneath that is our intuitive self, the intuition and the, the pure intelligence. And all of those things are malleable. They're changeable. We can improve our physical health or we can you know, do things to challenge it. Same with yeah. emotional, same with energy. But then inside of all these circles is, is bliss, bliss and joy. And that's at the core of who we are. And that cannot change. That's like the sun that's shining even on a cloudy or stormy day. So that it. is what philosophers and um, gurus and swamis who've been, you know, exploring this for centuries have come up with. And it's in so many different systems. There's Jewish mysticism has something similar. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hinduism has something. So I tend to believe it and I can feel it inside myself. And when we do dream work, when we work on dreams to resolve the issues they bring to the surface, what we're doing is clarifying any issues on those outer four circles that I mentioned so that we get more access to the bliss. And you notice this circle right around... Oh, I like that. Yeah, right around bliss, the circle is the intuition, the divine intelligence... And we access that in our dreams often. Um, So when you have dreams of really clear clarity, clear light, or maybe some people might have a dream that Jesus is speaking directly to them or Mm -hmm. that a guru or a sage is speaking to them or just a voice of wisdom is coming through, that is, you know, that is coming from something really deep and whole and wholesome and healing for us. And so that's where we're trying to get with the dream work. When we clarify all the issues the dreams bring us, we get to their inner voice, which is this intuitive voice deep inside, and it's guiding us toward that pure bliss. Well, I mean, I don't know that much about dreams, but it the way that I, I believe for very much like you. I mean, at the core of us, we're love, we're pure joy. I mean, we all are. And the more we can connect with that, the better. And the people that throughout my life, city that I've always been drawn to, there's, and I've done studies on them, are the people that you just look at and you go, wow, they exude you know, that pure joy. It's not because they were a successful businessman or a mom or a dad. It didn't matter. It was you could just see it coming out of every ounce of their body. Do you know what I mean? I do. And you, want to be, and you want to be around people like that. But I never really put that much time into dreams, although it doesn't make sense. I mean, that they wouldn't mean something or be there as gifts or part of our life. They can't just be like, oh, well, you know, that's just something we do. There had to be more to it. It's just not how we're wired because everything has a purpose. That's so true. And I agree with you. When you think about it, the the whole our whole physical, psychological, emotional system is so finely tuned. You know, the human body is yeah. just a, a masterpiece. 
there's nothing that's, you know, unnecessary. And so dreams happen when we're sleeping and our brain is more active when we're dreaming than when we're awake. More active. So I just cannot believe that this body that's so intricately and exquisitely designed would have a process that takes up so much of our mental energy that would be useless or frivolous. I just don't believe that. And it has not proven true to me or any of the countless people that I've worked with and read about. Yeah. It's just impossible. Right. So did you have any dream that stands out in your mind that you kept having over and over and over again? Oh, yes. Yes. I have several recurring dream themes. I'll I'll share one with you because it's one that illustrates how when we work with dreams, things change. And it's also Mm -hmm. a dream that many of your listeners might also have. And that's the dream of a tidal wave. I've always had Ah. dreams of tidal waves coming up and over me. And, you know, it's... For decades, you know, in my younger years, this was a terrifying dream for me. And as I worked with the dream and started to understand that for me, this dream represented feelings of being overwhelmed and feeling small in the face of circumstances that were overpowering me, I started to work with the dreams and I started to um, change how I saw my situation in waking life as a result. And what happened over time was those dreams started to change where first there would be a building I could climb up and get to safety. Or then, you know, I would be able to uh, find a surfboard and ride the wave out until finally I had a dream that the wave became animated and we were dancing together. It was no longer threatening me. And wow, at that point, that means I knew, something. Right? So I knew that I had really worked through something in my psyche and started to claim my own feelings of empowerment and agency in the world um, and learn to handle situations without feeling as overwhelmed. So you can watch these recurring dreams, and if you start to work with them, and try to listen to the message they're giving you and respond to it when you're awake, you'll notice that either those dreams go away or they change. That's crazy. You know, I, I have to admit, I haven't thought about that much. And I, I don't, that, I can, that I'm aware of, let's start there. I'm not aware of any dreams that I have had reoccurring. Yeah, but not not everyone. That doesn't has mean them. they're not there because Absolutely. I've never taken the time to like write them down mm-hmm. or think about them. So here's a big thing: we all need a good night's sleep, but you're saying in order for the dreams to benefit you, you have to get a good night's sleep. Well, what I'm saying is, in order to dream, we have to sleep. So, and the longer, so our REM cycles, where most of our dreams, the memorable dreams we talk about, most of those take place during REM sleep, which a lot, most of your listeners have probably heard of, the rapid eye movement sleep. Mm -hmm. And we have several of those periods through the night. The thing is, they get longer. So the first REM period is very short, and it gets longer throughout the night. And then our final REM period before we wake up is the longest one. It could be 45 minutes or an hour long. 
Okay. So if you get your full eight hours sleep, you're going to enjoy that long REM period. If you're just getting four or five hours sleep, you're just getting these little short ones. You never build up to that nice long one. So what I'm saying is if you really want to get a full harvest of dreams, you need a full yeah. night's sleep. Okay, wait a minute. So if someone only gets five hours sleep, it, it doesn't change? Like you, it, they miss all that no matter who? The, you know how some people, that's not me. I need my seven, eight hours sleep. But you know how people say, oh, I'm great on five hours sleep. Mm-hmm. They're, well, they're getting REM periods. They are getting REM sleep. They're just not getting as many of them, and they're not getting the nice long one at the end. All right. So no matter who they are, even if they wake up going, woo I feel good. It's not happening. Right. You, you need that. Yeah. And I guess they've studied that and found that out, right? Oh, that, yeah, that is scientifically documented. With the, all the brain um, scannings that they can do now, all that technology, okay. brain imaging... They can. They know so much more about dreams now um, than even you know in the thirty years ago or forty years ago. Yeah. Yeah, and so you're the director of the institute. That's pretty cool. Uh, the Institute for Dream Studies was founded by my colleague Justina Lasley, and okay. I was her student. And now we run it together, and um, it's very exciting. We train people to become experts in dreams so that they now, can... Now, is it in person? Like, where is, where is the institute? It's located in um, South Carolina, but we do all our teaching now online. Oh, so that's cool. So it doesn't matter where you are. Absolutely. I just got up just before this. I was working with a, a group of dreamers online, and they're from all over the world. It's so exciting. I mean, just, you know, I was with people from Panama and Guatemala and Canada. It's just, it's an amazing thing. So, yeah, now, online. When, when you said you were working out. with them, you mean you were training them or they were your clients? In this case, we were in a group together. I was leading a group on dreams and writing, which is another one of my passions. Um, okay. Where instead of interpreting the dreams, we use them as the basis for stories and poems. So it's oh, a, a writing workshop cool. using dreams, and as a result, we don't interpret them. But by the end of our session, we have new levels of meaning about what we experienced in the dream. It's just amazing. Okay, so all, you're writing down your dreams. Yes. And in order to do that, I know you had some suggestions yes. about, because some people wake up and say, oh, I remember my dream, but then 30 seconds later, they forget it. So what are some tips and techniques that you have for us? Absolutely. This is very simple, but it takes a little bit of commitment. Simple okay. and easy. So before you go to bed at night, simply write down in a notebook or a piece of paper, tonight I will remember my dreams. Oh. And go to okay. sleep. Just hold that intention loosely. You don't have to repeat it over and over, but just think about it just before you fall asleep. If you wake up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom or for any reason, just take a pause and think if you remember any dreams. You don't have to write the whole thing down in the middle of the night, but jot down a few words to remind you in the morning. Or when you wake up in the morning, write something down. Now, if you didn't remember a dream... You still want to keep committed to this process to make it work. So if you don't remember a dream, write something down. 
Oh. So start okay. start with the words last night I dreamed because sometimes just simply doing that will jog your mind to Uh-oh. remember a dream. But if nothing comes after you write that down, then you just write I don't remember my dreams, but I slept well or but whatever. Okay. And that's letting, you know, that's starting to train your mind to pay attention to dreams. And after a week or two of doing that, writing it down before bed. Yeah. Paying attention whenever you wake up, whether it's in the middle of the night or in the morning. And then writing something down when you wake up. If you do that for a week or two, you will most likely start remembering your dreams. I bet, you know what? I love I love that you said set the intention because I truly believe that. Like today I'm going to have a joyful day. Today it, my day is going to be ease and flow. I so believe in setting the intention, but I never thought to set an intention before I go to bed. Absolutely. And you know, let me even take that one step back before you set your intentions for dreams, set an intention for sleep. People have such complicated relationships to sleep. Oh my goodness, yes. Right? We resist it. We're worried. We're not going to sleep well. So if you set an intention, I like to set my intention just that I'm going to rest deeply. Because even saying I'm going to sleep eight hours feels like pressure to me. Okay. So just to say I'm going to rest deeply, you know, I'm going to feel great when I wake up. You know, set intentions like that that are gentle and loving. And go into sleep consciously, you know, we tend to just fall into bed at the end of the day, you know, and that's the end of it. But if we could put a little intention there, it really makes the whole process a little more cozy and um, sweet. All right. So whatever you're saying, whatever words work for you, because you saying, oh, I'm going to get a good night's sleep for seven, eight hours feels like pressure, but... Mm -hmm. Just I'm going to rest deeply makes you for, feel more ease and flow. Exactly. Now, another one of your little tips I was reading through is you said stretching, to incorporate a gentle stretching routine in the evening and to meditate for five minutes. Yes. So um, first of all, um, when people do start to meditate, they'll often do it in the morning, which is great. And I would never yeah. say don't do that. It's a wonderful way to start the day. But it's an equally wonderful way to start to close out the day. So sometime between dinner and bedtime, I like to recommend 12 minutes. To me, 12 minutes is the perfect amount of time. You can't say I don't have 12 minutes. Um, But it's just long enough to really get yourself into that sort of meditative zone. So 12 minutes is a nice amount of time. But even if you just have 5 minutes or if you're lucky and you've got 20 Find a little time between dinner and bedtime to do some meditation. And then um, in terms of stretching, it's a very sweet way to start to relax the body. We can't fall asleep if our body's tense. So just a few gentle stretches. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. You don't need to change clothes to do it. Um, Get your body feeling good. And another really sweet thing to do is to give yourself a hand massage and a foot massage Um, before bed. Just maybe take a little lavender uh, hand or foot cream and give yourself a, a gentle massage. And what we're doing is trying to get out of our thinking brain because that is what keeps us awake. You know, we're thinking about the day and what we didn't finish and what we regret or what we liked. 
Yeah. So you want to take it, you know, get yourself nice and relaxed in your body, and that's going to help you have a good night's sleep. You know, I'm so glad. I mean, it sounds like, duh, why didn't I ever think of this? But you're right. I do my meditation in the morning, and I do my stretching in the morning. I don't think before bed to meditate or do any stretch. Now, sometimes I will journal. Yeah, that's a great thing to do. Yeah, to clear my head. But I don't think, oh, let's stretch before I go to bed or massaging the hands and feet. Just anything directs you. Because, you know, I was thinking about that. So many of my friends, we were, for some reason, we got on the subject of sleep. And I did not realize how many people say they can fall asleep, but then they constantly wake, wake up. up. Yeah. Yep, that's a big issue. And, you know, they, they have no problem falling asleep, but then either... They wake up from a dream, or they get scared, or they have anxiety, or they go to have to go to the bathroom. Yeah, and then they can't fall back to sleep. Yeah, and I did not realize how many people had that issue. Yeah, it's huge. Uh, my friends and I joke that you know at four in the morning we should all like you know go have tea together or something because we're all up anyway. Yeah, that's true. But that's true. Here, here's what I want to tell you and your listeners so that you could enjoy the night. You know, our sleep is a cycle. It's not just one thing. It's not just like you close your eyes and you're out and then you wake up. That's not even how it's supposed to go. All night long, you're having these mini awakenings. You're going from light sleep to deep sleep to dream sleep. And then after the end of that REM cycle, you have a mini awakening. And most of the time, you don't even notice it. You wouldn't know it happened unless you were hooked up to a brain scan. But as, especially as you get older and, you know, it happens to all different people for different reasons, that mini awakening turns to full-on consciousness. You're all the way yeah. awake. So the key is, A, to know it's natural and it's nothing to worry about. Okay. Unless you're waking up exhausted and, and it's um, compromising your function during the day, you're probably okay. And okay. then the other thing to know is if you can't fall back asleep, we get ourselves into the stress cycle into this anxiety, like, oh, now I'm awake and I'm looking yeah, at the Yeah, that's what happens. Oh, my God, I'm going to get not get enough sleep. What am I going to do? Right. So two things I want to tell you and your listeners. One is when you're awake in the middle of the night, um, your brain chemistry is different than when you're awake during the day and your levels of serotonin and other neurochemicals that help us be happy are very, very mm-hmm. low. Okay. So you're going to start to worry. You're going to start to think that everything's grim. You know, you're going to, you know, anxiety might, you know, you might kick into anxiety. So the best thing you can do is not to think. Do not think in the middle of the night. You're not allowed because that will keep you awake. So instead, do a meditation. I call it a beditation because you're meditating in bed. Okay. And do you do guided ones? Some people do. I don't like to because, you know, for me, that would involve getting my phone and I'm a no screens in the bedroom person. Ooh, good for you. Right. But I do have some really easy ones that people can do without having their phone in the bedroom. And I'll share one quick with one quick one with you now. It's real easy to do and easy to explain. So you pick a word. I like to pick a word like serenity. And you take each letter of the word, so you start with S, and in your mind, you think of as many things that start with S as you can. So you might think sofa, soda, 
styrofoam, really random, and just picture each one for a second and go on to the next, and then go on to the next letter E and do the same thing, just whatever you can think of with the letter E. And that will help you fall back asleep. It does a couple of things. Those random images that you're putting into your mind is very similar to the way this, the dreaming brain works, you know, just random images popping into your mind. Okay. And it'll start to prime your mind for sleep, and it will gently amuse you. And, uh, it's you know, you don't want anything too stimulating. It's easy. It's a little bit boring. Um, but it will is keep your mind off sheep? of worrying. I hate to say that, but, like, you know how people say count sheep? Is that why? Because it's just monotonous and boring? Yes. But I don't know many people for whom counting sheep work. If you like a counting um, focus, I recommend counting backwards from 300 by threes because, again, it's just challenging enough um, but also easy enough that um, you'll fall back asleep. So when you're saying, like, you don't want to think, you're saying that you want, like, you're, you're thinking, but you're thinking about things that are relaxing to you. You don't want to start thinking and thinking you're going to resolve this issue, this problem, or, hey, I have to, whatever, you know? You, you want to get your mind, like, like you said, thinking of, like, everything you can think of with an S, you know? Right. You know, so that, and that's why I pick a word like serenity. So the right. focus, or sleep, or peace. So the focus is relaxing, and the process gotcha. again, even with reading material before bed, you don't want it to be too stimulating. You know, you want it to get your mind on something, a nice story, but not something stimulating and rousing. You know, you know that's true because then you're up. Like you want to go. Oh my goodness! What happened? What happened? Exactly. You know, so, and then also, I do know this, you want to keep the pencil and the paper right by your bed, right? So that when you do have a dream, you can write it down. That's right. And I keep mine actually in the bathroom. (laughs) I keep keep a pad in the bathroom. Yeah. Because that way I don't wake my husband up. You know, I have to go use the bathroom anyway when I wake up. So that way I don't wake up my husband. I go, I just grab my pen and paper and I'll jot down a few words to remind me in the morning and then go back to bed. Okay. Now I can almost answer this after talking to you, but I have to ask my Nest listeners question. All right. Sandy, please ask Sevilla what it means when I keep waking up thinking I didn't finish my homework assignment. Oh, I didn't turn in the project. Uh, this person's in college <laughs> and I have, mm. but they constantly are having dreams about, oh, I didn't finish that. I didn't get it done. I didn't turn it in in time. Now I don't, I want to add something on. Maybe we can add it in afterwards. I do remember one dream that I haven't had it in a long time, but I used to have it that I didn't get my degree from college. Yes. And I did. Yes. So, so, is that a weird thing? Like I'd wake up going, oh my God, oh my God, they didn't let me graduate. I didn't get that. I don't really have my diploma. So I don't know if it's the same thing, but go. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those sort of universal dream themes that we all have, right? Really? We, we're either we're not ready for the test or we didn't get all the credits we need to graduate or... We forgot to do the last class and didn't get our diploma. It's very common. And again, it will mean... Really? That's common? Oh, Oh, yes. 
Yes. You're still unique, Sandy, but it is a common dream. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's actually very good to know. Yeah. You know, these education dreams I find fascinating because there are so many dreams, you know, naked at school, um, you know, dreams that we're back in school. We're grown up, but we're back in middle school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, again, I always like to think of it metaphorically. So, you know, is there a way in life I'm being tested right now and I don't feel prepared? Or is there a way in which I feel like, wow, they graduated me, I'm a grown-up now, but I don't feel like I got my degree. I don't feel like I got my, you know, certification in childhood, and now all of a sudden I have to make all these big decisions. So I like to look at education dreams as, you know, are we feeling tested? Do we feel like we know what we need to know right now? What are, it's usually our fears, our anxieties related to that. So what about if you are in school, like this young person is in school and keeps having dreams they're not finishing their assignment yeah well you can look at dreams on a few different levels and on the most basic level this uh, young person is having anxiety about what they're going through now that you know even though they've completed a certain level they might be feeling um that they don't have the competence or confidence that they want or require you know, and then there's also the more metaphoric level of education that we're all in the school of life, right? And it's easier yeah. to see the metaphor once we've graduated from school and we're still having these dreams. Okay. So what if you don't have a coach? Like, what now you have these dreams. Is it dangerous to interpret them yourself? Because now you're looking at your dreams. No, of course. Every Listen, dreams are the most democratic with a small d, no matter what our political party we have dreams. But by democratic, I mean universal, that everybody has them equally, right? Okay. So everybody dreams, whether you remember them or you don't. And I always want to encourage people to realize they are your dreams. They're coming to speak to you. They're not trying to baffle you. They're trying to enlighten you. But they're speaking in a slightly different language. They're speaking in images and metaphor instead of in words. So take your time with them. Draw pictures of them. Write them in a journal. Tell them to someone. And yes, I think, you know, I don't talk so much about interpreting dreams because I really do feel like they're speaking directly to us. But I do like to talk about, you know, listening to them, paying attention to them, and often just by talking about them to another person or writing them down or drawing a picture, just that process of spending a little time with them, you'll start to just know what they're trying to tell you. And if you need a little more help than that, call me, call another certified dream worker. Gotcha. Um, But really, you know, They're your dreams, and I hope that people feel empowered to um, look for the meanings. And it helps to do it with someone else, even a really good friend, because sometimes we have blind spots to our own dreams. You know, it's so obvious to someone else when we say it out loud, Um, but we can't see what's right in front of our face. We would see it if someone else told us the dream, but with our own dreams, sometimes we have a blind spot. You know, that's true. Even with anything in life, you tell a good friend and they're, they're like, how can you not see that? 
Right. By the way, I just want to throw it out there, people. If there's a question or something that we have not answered, you can send your questions to podcast at sandyjoyweston.com. Podcast at sandyjoyweston.com. And we will reach out to Zavia and we'll make sure, you know, that we can answer it the best of our ability. If there's something we didn't talk about, something we didn't get to, I would love to hear from you. Now, one more question. You ready for this one? I'm ready. Okay. I want to just back up a little bit when you were saying about, you know, it's not just, okay, you go to sleep and that's it. You know, most people don't. And as you get older, you were saying that you end up waking up more you know, if you have to go to the bathroom or not. Right. In your book, you said the mindful way to a, a good night's sleep. Are there tips about how to sleep more through the night, even while you're going to the bathroom? Like, are there ways? Absolutely. To- yeah. Oh, woohoo. Yippee. Yes. Yeah, so my book, The Mindful Way to a Good Night's Sleep is full of tips and techniques for sleeping better and for having a better relationship to sleep and dreams. And there's also a whole section in there, very simple tips and exercises to help people remember their dreams and then understand their dreams once they start to have them. Okay, cool. I was hoping you were going to say that, you know, because it seemed to me like the mindful way to a good night's sleep I mean, who doesn't want that? Right? Yeah. And so much now, we're hearing again and again how if we don't get a good night's sleep, you know, there are all these health problems associated, which is true. But that's yeah. only raising people's anxiety level. Yeah. And in my book, I try to get us back into a cozy, snuggly relationship with sleep. And this kind of present moment awareness that we get through mindfulness and, you know, sort of changing some of our routines into rituals by bringing intention to them. You don't have to add anything new, but just bring intention to the process of getting ready for bed and going to sleep starts to make it a part of the day that we look forward to instead of a part of the day that we just sort of, you know, blow past without really noticing what we're doing. I love that. I love it. See, I could talk to you forever. This is so much fun. And I thank you. Thank you so much for sharing all this knowledge with my listeners. And is there anything that you want to say before we wrap up that we didn't get to get in? Well, as you can tell, first of all, I love talking to you. We have a lot of the same philosophy. I welcome questions directly from your listeners as well. Cool. You know, they can contact me at ziviagover.com, T-Z-I-V-I-A-G-O-V-E-R.com. And cool. Yeah, I love to talk about dreams and sleep. So be in touch and take good care of yourselves and take good care of each other. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. This this has really been helpful and also made me really want to, you know, think more about my dream, like write them down, you know, see what I got there because they're just there to guide me. Absolutely. Like I used to have the feeling like, oh, I don't remember them. They could scare me, but they're there to help us. That's so true. Thank you for emphasizing that. 
Yeah, they're there to help us. Okay, my let's keep it real people. I know you had a blast listening to this and lots of little tidbits, tools and techniques. I hope you have many, many good nights sleep. And you know what I'm going to say. Until next time, toodles. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. And remember, keep spreading the positive.